All right, okay, welcome to church. My goodness, you bunch of bad music listeners. Welcome to live. We're so glad you guys are here tonight. I guess y'all don't have anything going on tomorrow. And so, uh, last day of school tomorrow. Man, this is awesome. I feel like it's summertime already. Typhoon Texas here. I don't come because you're all going to be there. Let's, uh, I just want to encourage you for a second before we get started. Last Friday, right here in Texas, we had another shooting, as you all know. And look, we could say a lot of things about that. We can blame whoever. But here's what I want you to know. I want you to know this, that we are here for you. I'm not in your schools. Our staff is not walking around in the schools. And I know that for some of you, that can be a, a moment of, man, you, you never know what's going to happen. But listen to this. If you see something, if you see something on social media, if you hear something, if you hear a friend saying anything, you need to say something. The worst thing in the world is to say, man, I kind of knew or I heard of whatever. I'm not just talking about what happened in Santa Fe. I'm talking about anything. If you have a friend or you know somebody that they're talking about things that, man, they, they want to hurt themselves, we are here to help you. We are here to help their families. If you're in the room right now and you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I am alone, I'm useless, I'm nothing, I want you to know right now that that is a lie. And Jesus Christ is definitely wanting to know you more. And so I say that, and, and, and I hope that just doesn't, oh, whatever, another, no, no, no. I want you to know that you can tell us things, and we're not going to go blab to the world. We want to help you. We, we want to be there for you guys. And so please know that. We're not just people who sing and talk and play around and do all these. We love you and your families. And so I want to say that up front. And if you're going through a hard time, let us know. Let your family know. It's okay to get help. It really is. So for the last few weeks, we've been talking about a guy named Joseph who is, man, his life has just been going, things going really good. Like when we first started talking about him, he had some really cool dreams. All right. He had some great dreams and he wanted to go and tell his brothers about his dreams. He told his dad, he told his brothers, he did an Insta story, the real long thing about it. I mean, he was telling everybody about these dreams and he was fired up. He was the favorite. He was the good looking one. He was the last, he was the baby. And his dad made him a really cool coat, gave him a coat. He went out to tell his brothers about the coat and tell them about the dream. They were all hanging out in a field, texting each other like, oh, here comes that loser. They already told Joseph they hate him. Hate, like murder of the heart. Hate, like I hate you. And so when Joseph's walking out to the field, I go, here comes that moron or other words. And he comes out and they're like, hey, let's do this. Let's kill him. And all the brothers are like, that's a great idea. Let's just kill him. And then one of the brothers is like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
let's make money off of this guy. Genius. And so they decide that they're going to sell him. And so they do just that. They throw him into a well. So his life is going good. He just had amazing dreams that he was going to pretty much take over everything. And then all of a sudden he got put in a well. He got sold to a dude named Potiphar who picked him up off of waivers, said, hey, you're coming to my house. You're going you're gonna to hang out with me. He was so good at what he did. He, Potiphar put him over everything except the food that he ate. So he was hanging out there. He was doing his deal. He was doing Joseph stuff. He's in charge of everything. Life is good. Things are going up for him. All of a sudden, Potiphar's wife, she's like, oh, what's up? You're hot. Husband's not here. What's up? He's like, uh-huh. You're a desperate housewife. <laughs> Leave me alone. And we talked about last week, we talked about purity and how so many times in student ministry and in church, we, we have been taught that purity is a line. Truly, purity is not a line, it's a direction. And you have to choose that direction. You have two choices on the shelf, to please God or to please yourself. Which one are you gonna decide to, to grab? Choose God or choose to please yourself. Purity is a direction. It is a direction. And Joseph ran in one direction because she grabbed that fool and she ripped his coat off. He's got an issue with coats. Like next time someone, I'll be like, oh, I'm not wearing a coat. Like <laughs> coats are a bad deal for Joseph. It's a struggle. Every time he puts a coat on, something bad happens. And so she grabs his cloak. He runs out naked the first streaker in the Bible, there goes Joseph. She's holding his cloak like, well, that didn't work out. She starts screaming and says that Joseph raped her. Her husband, Potiphar, is the one that decides how people die. He's the king executioner. That's a bad girl to mess with. So Joseph then, where we pick up today, is put back in jail. I mean, what a life. It's like, woohoo, things are great. No, they're not. Ah, uh -huh, uh -huh. Normal. That's our lives. Like, that is me. My name is Danielle, but it's Joseph. <laughs> things are good, things are bad. Dating somebody, broke up. Dating, broke up. Dating, broke up. Dating, broke up. I mean, it's just your life. <laughs> that's, if that's your worst thing, things are good. All right? I want you to uh, look at a verse, Genesis 50. This is the last thing that Joseph says. Genesis 50, look at what Joseph says right here. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That's Joseph. He can say that because he's lived it out. This is right before he dies. You intended to harm me, but God made sure that it was for the saving of many. So Genesis 39 is where we pick up for this week. He got put in jail for doing the right thing. You ever felt that way? Like, like you felt like, I did the right thing, but I'm in trouble. You're like, yeah, me too. You do the right thing, but you're the one that gets in trouble. That's a, what? It's messed up. But that's Joseph right now. He gets put back in jail. He gets put back in jail. Genesis 39, 21 says this. He's in jail and it says, 
the Lord was with Joseph. Underline that, highlight that. That is key for tonight. The Lord was with Joseph. You can actually put your name right there and say the Lord is with whatever your name is. He had just been, so he's in jail. He did, I don't know how this works out, but he did such a good job in jail that he was then placed over all things in jail. So he's in jail. Oh, life is horrible. I'm in charge of the jail. Things are going good. I mean, are you kidding me? This dude's life is crazy. Like he get all these things. He ends up being on top of everything. So he's in jail. He's in charge of the jail. He's hanging out. And then Genesis 40, verse six says this. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. He saw that they, they being the cupbearer and the baker, were dejected. In our words, they were really down. You would never say that. In our words, they were jacked up. In our words, they were sad. I don't know what you would say, okay? They were having a bad day. I think it's pretty important, it's pretty neat that Joseph actually noticed other people even though he was in jail. He took time to look at other people and say, you know what, what's going on? Why are you so down? Like, dude, we're in jail. Are you kidding me? Look what happens. So he asked Pharaoh's official who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? They said, <laughs> I mean, I guess they talk about stuff like this in jail. Verse eight, we both had dreams. We had a bad dream, real bad dream for one of them. But there's no one to interpret them. I mean, if you're Joseph and you hear that, like, ah, I am here. I actually interpret dreams. How lucky are you? That's exactly how he's feeling. That's, that's what's going on right here. We both had bad dreams. That's why we're so sad right now. Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. He's giving God all the credit right here. You can see already that Joseph has grown up since his 17-year-old self when he had dreams was bragging about it and telling everybody. He's already growing through the hard times that he has been through. So we got two people that had these dreams. You have a cupbearer, and the cupbearer's job, this, this job is horrible. Your job is to taste the wine before the Pharaoh to make sure it's not drugged. What a horrible job. You're like, I'd do it, man, all day long until it's drugged and you did. That was his job. Taste my wine. Taste my Coke Zero. That, that was his job, the cupbearer. Then the baker, his job, to bake. So the cupbearer tells his dream. The cupbearer's like, hey, here's my dream. Here it is. It's kind of whatever. And Joseph says, hey, really cool. Here's what's gonna happen with your life. In a few days, uh, the Pharaoh is gonna give you your job back. Cupbearer's like, winning. That is awesome. Baker. Baker says his dream. Joseph's like, ah, <laughs> uh, picture yourself here, okay? Put yourself in jail for a second, just mentally. You're hanging out with two people in jail. You're having a conversation, talking about dreams. Hey, what was your dream? Well, I dreamed about this. Oh, I dreamed about this. Well, here's what your dream means. Your, your dream's cool. In three days, you're going to be let go. Uh, Baker, your, your dream, you're also going to get out in three days. Cool. But your head's going to be chopped off, put on a pole, and birds are going to eat your flesh. How do you, what? what? Like, how do you walk away from that? Like, uh, 
my mom's calling. I got to, you know, <laughs> like, sorry, dude, I, I don't know what else to tell you, but that's going to happen. And then when you read a little bit more in Genesis, if you're into this sort of thing, reading about people's flesh being eaten by birds, it happened. He called it perfect. Genesis 40, 14 says this. He tells them, look, when everything goes, well, he tells the cupbearer because you wouldn't tell the baker this. Hey, by the way, when you're, no. He tells the cupbearer, um, will you remember me? When you get out and everything's great, will you please just remember me? Mention me to the Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Joseph just says, hey, will you remember me? Then you fast forward to Genesis 40, 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. He forgot him. Genesis 40, 23. He forgot him. Again, Joseph is in a place where he has been forgotten, abandoned. How, how did Joseph know he was forgotten? Well, no one came down to check on him. Two years go by. Two years go by. And I want you to put yourself here for a second. In a place where you feel absolutely alone, you can't do anything. No one's listening to you. You've had great times, but you're kind of at the bottom of your pit right now. And those are the moments whenever sometimes we can say, you know what, God's not really for me. I'm not into this whole God at all. And I've seen some Christians say, you know what, this is too hard, I'm out. And I wanna, I wanna remind you of something. We've gotta stop looking at God's activity and what he's doing in our lives and remember his identity in our lives. Let me say that again. We gotta stop looking at his activity and remember who he is in his identity. And though it still will be very hard, but you can remember, okay, it says in the very beginning, God was with Joseph. And as Christians, God is with you. Chapter 41, two full years pass. Joseph is now 30 years old. We've been talking about Joseph since he was 17. He's now 30, and he has had a crazy life. He's 30 years old, and now Pharaoh had a dream. Pharaoh had a dream, and it is crazy. It's about cows, attack. It's just nutso, like absolutely insane. And so <laughs> Pharaoh is freaking out about this. Again, Joseph in jail doing his thing. And here's something to think about with, with Joseph. What if the cupbearer remembered him and he got out? I don't think that he would have the same audience that he had in front of the Pharaoh here in a second. I don't think that he would have the same demand on his life. Listen, God's time is the right time every time. I know that sometimes we feel like, you know what, I'm just, God is not here, he doesn't care about me, but all the, we think all these things. When the truth is, God's timing is perfect, even though we may be like, this is not right. Where is God in all of this? And if you look throughout the Bible, there are people, man, that wandered for 40 years. People waiting has been so big in so many different characters in the Bible and in my life and so many of your lives of just being patient. Verse eight, 
In the morning, his mind was troubled. We're talking about Pharaoh, about these dreams. So he sent for all of the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them. He brings all, all the studs. He's got David Blaine. He's got David Copperfield. He's got all these people. Y'all don't even know David Copperfield. He got all these people coming in and he's like, hey, y'all got these dreams? What's going on? Do y'all know them? Like, nah, we got, that's weird. Cows and stuff, mm, got nothing. Verse nine, this is rude. Then the chief cupbearer's like, ah, oh, my bad. Um, by the way, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. <laughs> there was this dude I met in jail. Remember when you put me in jail? Because Pharaoh put him in jail. His name, Joe. <laughs> he interprets dreams. You know, the baker, what happened to him? He said that was going to happen. That's disgusting. My dream, he, he interpreted it perfect. He's still in jail. I, I was supposed to tell you about him about two years ago. I totally forgot. I was too busy tasting wine. Life happened. Pharaoh's like, get that dude here. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, I mean, he, he's like castaway, down just hanging out and looking nasty. He comes out, shaves, he does his hair, he puts on his cool skinny jeans with holes in it. And man, he's got a green shirt on and a cool hat, playing guitar. He looks like Brett Heistead, it's just awesome. And so he comes out, and he is ready. He is prepared for the meeting. He has, he has gotten, I mean, can you, Joseph's been in jail. He's heard that now this guy has this dream. He's like, ha, 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 and he's going to go interpret this dream for the Pharaoh, okay? The man, this guy is in charge of everything. He gets to interpret his dream. Don't mess this one up. Pharaoh said to Joseph in verse 15, I had a dream and nobody can interpret it but I've heard you're pretty good at this. Verse 16, I can't do it. <laughs> Joseph, seriously, bro. He says, I can't do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. That is so huge. He doesn't take the credit. He says, look, I can't do it. It's not me. It's not me. He doesn't take any of the credit. God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And that shows massive humility. Through all of the humiliation that he's been through has really grown his humility. Verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone? He's like, where is this guy from? This guy is amazing. Verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. Joseph, this guy, whoop, 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 whoop. I mean, he's on probably all sorts of medication. He's just like, hey. I mean, he's probably just so jacked up. I mean, his whole poor guy. His life has been a roller coaster. Now he is in charge. He is second in command right now of everything. I don't, I don't know about you, but sitting in a waiting room is brutal. Especially if you're going in to find something out super important. I know for me, whenever Emerson, our, who is now six, whenever she was almost born, we found out that she was gonna have some issues. And a lot of you know the story. And 
we were in that waiting room, and man, it was brutal. They'd open the door like, okay, yeah, okay, it's go time. Nope. Open the door, okay, nope. And you're just kind of like on this roller coaster, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. That's, that's, that's in some serious moments in a waiting room, and that's nothing compared to where some of us are right now in life, is we're just sitting and we're just waiting, and you're like, where is God in all of this? And some of us right now, we feel like we're in that space. We're in the bottom of that pit. And you, right now, you would say that you just feel so abandoned. And someone has labeled you as abandoned. Or maybe you feel betrayed. Maybe, maybe you feel like, man, this person did this to me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And you, you, feel, you feel like, man, I am just gonna, it doesn't matter because this person did this to me. And so boom, 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 boom. And you just, you feel like you can do that because you've been so betrayed. You've been told one thing and people have acted a different way. And so you act out a certain way. You're wrong so many times. And so you just feel justified to act the way that we do sometimes. or you're forsaken, or maybe you're just totally, you just feel forgotten. And the truth is, you may be abandoned by people, you may be forsaken by them, you may have been betrayed by them, by people, but not, not by God. You have not been abandoned by God you've not been betrayed by him. You've not been forgotten by him. No matter what people label you, no matter what people say about you, no matter what you think about yourself, here's the deal. You have already been bought with a price and Jesus knows your name. He knows your name. And when you're sitting at the bottom of that pit and there's days when you don't even want to get out of bed and there's days when you're just like, man, life is too hard. I don't want to keep going. Or it's just, it's just been rough maybe. Or maybe things are going good and this will happen later. Here's what you need to remember. Just like with Joseph, God is with you. He's not going anywhere. And look, through his patience, through his waiting, through his purity, God continues to elevate him. And tonight, tonight you may feel like everything is just being compacted on you and you're just being, you're just, you're just going through it right now. And I just want you to know, stay strong. Because just like a seed that is just being compacted by all the dirt and everything, eventually it produces an awesome fruit. And eventually, over time, even though it seems like you're all alone in a really dark place, you are also going to bear fruit. And maybe you're in the room right now and you're like, man, that's, that's good, but how in the world do I do that? Here's how. As you start talking to the savior of the world, his name is Jesus. And Jesus Christ came to earth and he lived on earth for 33 years and then he died on a cross and he died on a cross for all of our sins and everything that we have done and the greatest thing is is not that he died on a cross the greatest thing is that he rose again 
and he rose again for us so that we can have life. And then when he rose again, he came back and people saw him like, what? Yeah, look at the whole thing. 500 plus people saw Jesus. And he is alive right now. He has completely changed my life. Because there's been times in my life when I have felt like everything is closing in on me and I'm all alone and I felt abandoned, I felt forsaken. Just like so many of you have, we all have in different times in our life. But the greatest thing is, is I knew that I had Jesus and I could talk to him, I could pray to him. Even when I didn't feel like he's listening, I knew it. Because I knew his identity. And tonight, I wanna give you the opportunity to ask Christ into your heart and have him change your life for eternity forever so you're no longer walking in darkness so with no one looking around